Chapter Two of the Wishing Horse of Oz by Ruth Plumley Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Two: The King and the Merchant. Two days had passed since Scamperoo had come into possession of the emerald necklace. He had never taken it off for a moment. He even wore it to bed and spent most of the daytime admiring himself and it in the palace mirrors now as the afternoon of the second day drew to a close he kept bouncing over to the windows that commanded a view of the highway if that rascal does not turn up soon i'll i'll explode probably predicted pinny penny who was playing solitaire with the only pack of cards the castle afforded calm yourself scamper what good are these emeralds when you come right down to it good good they are worth more than this whole miserable castle answered the king indignantly. I can sell them and buy. No, no, I'll never part with them, he corrected himself hastily. They give me a feeling of importance and power. Our star has risen, Penny Penny. Great days are ahead. Hark, listen, is that a footstep in the courtyard? Darting back to the window, the portly monarch flattened his nose against the pane. It's Tooby, it's two by four, he shouted, hopping up and down like a schoolboy. And there's a tall bearded stranger with him. If your majesty will quietly seat yourself, I'll endeavour to announce them, reproved Pinny Penny, gathering up his cards. Remember, you are a king and not a jumping jack. Oh, all right. Scamperoo flung himself heavily down among his cushions, and presently the tramp of feet along the corridor proclaimed the arrival of the long-awaited supervisor. Pinny Penny advanced stiffly to meet him, and after a whispered conversation, he called out in a bored voice, Two by four, governor of our second province, and Matia the merchant, your majesty. Yes, yes, but where are the emeralds? panted Scamperoo, leaning forward eagerly as the two travellers advanced respectfully to the throne. Drawing a small bag from his leather jerkin, two by four held it sullenly out to the king. Here, your majesty, and here also is the merchant who goes with the necklace. Two by four haughtily indicated the turbaned Scampavian beside him. Yes, yes, the merchant. The king, intent upon the jewels, did not even look up. He goes with the necklaces, you say? Well, ha ha, now he may go without them. That is all I require of you, my good fellow. Your presence here is not necessary or desirable. You may go. Go, do you understand? Go. Matia drew himself up to his fullest height, which was pretty high, I can tell you. Perhaps your majesty will suggest where... For these three necklaces I traded my house, my shops, and all my other possessions. You say that is all, and it is indeed. Since you have taken all I own and possess, your majesty must take me also. You owe me a living, and I am here to say so. Say no more, put in Pinny Penny soothingly. Matia is right, Scamperoo, and well within his rights as well. We must make a place for him in the palace. What can you do? he inquired practically. Do? The merchant opened his eyes very wide. Do? I am a merchant accustomed to dealing in jewels, china, cloth, and basketware. Then you'll be the very one to help out in the kitchen and laundry, proposed Pinny Penny brightly. There are no jewels, but we have onions and potatoes aplenty, and with the dirty dishes and hampers of soiled linens, you'll be right at home. What? screamed Matya, as two by four snickered behind his hand. You require this menial toil of me, Matya, son of Metora, son of Metanic, merchants for these thousands of years? 
this is preposterous, an outrage. I will go. I will go indeed. I will start a war, an uprising, a revolution. Help, 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 yelled the merchant shrilly. The king has stolen my emeralds. Stop, stop, not so loud, begged Scamperoo, leaping agilely off his throne and pattering anxiously after Mattia. You may leave us, Pinny Penny. I think I can find something better than kitchen work for this honest citizen. Hmph, snorted Pinny Penny, and motioning for two by four to follow him, he marched disapprovingly from the royal presence. You mustn't mind old Penny, puffed the king, dropping a bit breathlessly on his throne. There, there, now, sit down and make yourself comfortable. As I was saying, Pinny Penny has very odd notions at times. Very odd agreed Matya, and seating himself on a chair opposite the king, he fastened his eyes greedily on the sparkling chains now clasped firmly about the monarch's fat throat. Now then, we must find something easy and pleasant for you, went on the king, scratching one ear reflectively. You might, uh, you might spend your time entertaining me. I'll wager you are just full of good stories, songs, and amusing tricks. Tricks? exclaimed the merchant, elevating his nose disdainfully. Then a sudden gleam came into his small black eyes. Tricks, he repeated more pleasantly. Ah, your majesty is right. How well you have guessed my secret. Leaning forward, he held up his hand to his mouth and looking furtively over his shoulder, whispered hoarsely, I am a magician king and well versed in the arts of sorcery. Sorcery? cried Scamperoo, clasping himself delightedly about his middle. How perfectly panormic! Magic is the very thing we need around here. Tell me quickly, what can you do? How much magic do you know? Is there some place where we can be quite alone? Mattia held up his hand mysteriously. No one must know I am a magician. It must be a secret between us. Of course, of course, agreed the king, rolling off his throne with more speed than dignity. Come to my private walled garden. No one can hear us there. No one? asked Mattia sharply. Are there, then, no guards upon the wall? No guards, no servants. No one at all is allowed in my garden, the king assured him proudly. And there is a door in the garden's wall? Mattia, stroking his long beard, stood regarding the king thoughtfully. My first trick requires a door. Of course there's a door, or how should I get in and out myself? Come along, come along. Waddling into the corridor, Scamperoo started off at a quick trot for his private garden. Matia, grinning wickedly to himself, stepped softly after the king. Once in the garden, he meant to have his necklaces, even if he had to take off the king's head to get them. One sweep of my scimitar, murmured the merchant to himself. Oh, this is too easy. The king's garden, when they reached it, was no more than a small sandy square with some cactus plants in the centre and a rickety bench along the wall. Seating himself heavily on the bench, Scamperoo made room for the merchant beside him. Now then, he grunted hurriedly, begin, show me what you can do, prove that you are a magician. First, I must have the necklaces, stated Mattia calmly. Without the emeralds, I cannot do a single trick. But... But if the magic is in the emeralds, I can be my own magician, answered Scamperoo, clutching the chains with both hands. But your majesty is not a magician, 
Mattia told him reasonably. You do not know the proper words or incantations. No, I myself must wear these magic jewels. And what harm is there in that? As soon as your wish is granted, I will hand them straight back to you. What's that? Can you really grant wishes? Scamperoo's eyes began to snap and dance with greed and interest. Certainly, promised Mattia, blinking shrewdly across the square and estimating with his eye the distance he should have to run to reach the door in the garden wall. All you have to do is to think of something you want. Close your eyes, count slowly to a hundred, and I, wearing the three necklaces, will easily grant your wish. I thought you trusted me and that we were going to be friends, he finished reproachfully. We were, um, that is, here, take them. Unclasping the heavy chains, Scamperoo, who already had a wish in mind, thrust them into the merchant's hands. Closing his eyes, he made his wish, and then began to count hysterically. One, two, three, four, five, six. At six, Mattia was halfway across the garden, when, horrors, a great white horse with a golden tail and mane dropped like a plummet from the sky. Pawing up the sand in Matia's path, he flashed his yellow eyes so wickedly, the merchant fell back into the cactus bushes, where he lay screaming with shock, pain, and amazement. But Scamperoo, thinking all the noises he heard were but magic incantations, went calmly on with his counting. He had reached sixty before Matia had recovered himself enough to crawl out of the cactus and make his way cautiously back to the bench. The immense white horse continued to stare at him threateningly, but as it made no attempt to spring forward, he began to regain a little of his usual assurance and courage. Great Garou, then there was magic in the emeralds. This horse was undoubtedly the king's wish come true, a beastly wish, shuddered the merchant as he stared in fascination at the pawing monster and wondered what to do next. He was afraid to run past the white horse and escape with the jewels, but, ha, he could make a wish for himself a wish that would carry him and the emeralds far from Scampavia, the further the better. Closing his eyes, he muttered a hurried sentence and waited tensely to be transported to Ev, a country he had once visited in his youth. But nothing at all happened, and gritting his teeth with vexation, Matia opened his eyes just as Scamperoo finished counting to a hundred. So, beamed the delighted monarch, embracing him heartily, you have done it you really are a magician behold my horse a horse in a thousand a golden-maned charger fit for a king for a conqueror of all the dumb things fumed matia wiggling fiercely away from scamperoo of all the dumb things to wish for a horse is about the dumbest of all dumb whinnied the white steed with an indignant snort I'm not a dumb beast. I can laugh. I can talk. That's because I'm from Oz and my full name is Chalk. Chalk? Quivered Scamperoo, who had never heard an animal speak a word in his life. He, he says his name's Chalk. The king looked appealingly at the merchant and seeing that he would have to live up to the role of the magician, Matia assumed an air of careless superiority. Well, he doubtless knows his own name, your majesty. If he says his name is Chalk, it probably is Chalk, and the reason he can talk is because he comes from Oz, land of the magic necklaces, where all animals speak as well as we do. Better, 
sniffed Chalk. Then, taking an experimental nibble at the cactus, he gave a terrific squeal of pain and displeasure, flung up his heels and began to race around the garden at such a furious pace, Matya and the king jumped behind the bench and cowered miserably against the wall. Well, there you are, panted the merchant angrily. You have your horse, and what now? He's yours, you know, and you will have to control him. Matia ducked behind the king as Chalk thundered past, covering them both with dust and sand. If you ask me, you simply wasted a wish. Why, you might have wished yourself a ton of emeralds, or a kingdom ten times as large and prosperous as Scampavia, or... But there's plenty of time for that, sputtered Scamperoo, holding desperately to the bench. Since you are a magician, you can grant all of my wishes. Oh, no, no, indeed! Matias spoke hastily, remembering the way the emeralds had failed to grant his wish. I can grant only one wish a week, he explained breathlessly, and I trust next time you will think before you wish. Oh, there, you Aussie and brute, you silly monster, stop that, whoa, ho, whoa, I tell you. Are you my master? Leaping lightly over the cactus, Chalk came to a sudden halt before the bench. No, this king is your master answered Matia, thankfully enough. Speak to him, Scamper, he urged in a lower voice, as Chalk reared curiously up on his hind legs to have a good look at the king. Be behave yourself, commanded Scamperoo tearfully. How do you expect me to ride on your back if you act like this? <laughs> so you expect to ride me? Chalk came down with a thud and grinned broadly at his new master. If you have never seen a horse grin, you have no idea how upsetting it can be. Well, I suppose I shall have to put up with you, he neighed finally. Just call a groom or a servant, old rubber tub, and see that I'm served my evening oats, three apples and a measure of corn. Certainly, certainly, agreed the king, starting off on trembling legs. Well, I must say, this is splendid, splendid, protested Matya, hurrying nervously after the king. He was afraid to stay in the garden with chalk. Where do you expect to get, taking orders from a horse? I suppose you'd prefer me to take them from you, puffed Scamperoo, beginning to grow a little angry himself. Here, give me my necklaces. Snatching the emeralds from the merchant's neck, he went charging into the palace, hardly knowing whether to be glad or sorry for the sudden change in his fortunes. But by the time he reached his throne room, he had calmed down considerably. Seating himself hurriedly on his throne, he pondered how he could keep all these strange occurrences from Pinny Penny. He felt sure Pinny Penny would never approve of magic necklaces or a talking horse. Well now, he'd just tell his meddlesome Prime Minister that the stamping, snorting steed in the garden belonged to Matya and must be fed and stabled. When he made another wish, and he had a whole week to think about that, when he made another wish, he would be careful to wish for everything he needed. As for this whiskery wizard, he would flatter him along until he discovered the right magic to use with the emeralds. Then he would wish him away like that, like that. Snapping his fingers spitefully, Scamperoo pulled the long bell cord that summoned Pinny Penny. His royal charger should be fed. Not many monarchs had a talking horse with a golden mane. Aho, he was coming on. He'd show Pinny Penny yet what a smart ruler he was. Now Matia, following the king slowly into the palace, had done some reflecting too. He resolved not to lose his temper again with this provoking simpleton of a sovereign. He would simply humour him along, and before the week was out, he would have another chance to steal the necklaces and escape to some far country. 
There, at his leisure, he would experiment until he discovered the right way to use them. He could not understand why the king had got his wish, and his own wish had gone for nothing. What was the secret of the magic emeralds? With his forehead still wrinkled in thought, Matia entered the throne room and quietly seated himself in a chair opposite Scamperoo. Much to his relief, the king neither reproached nor upbraided him. "'Ah, so there you are,' he cried in his best meant-to-be-cheerful voice. "'I have just sent Pinny-Penny to feed your horse.' "'My horse?' barked Matia, starting up in dismay. Then, catching a meaning wink from the king, he quickly winked back. "'It seemed wisest,' murmured Scamperoo, "'to say nothing of your magic powers for the present.' All this will be our secret, he finished playfully. Ah, yes, yes, indubitably. While Scamperoo was still wondering what indubitably meant, Matia hurried out of the room and took a long drink of water from an old-fashioned fountain in the hall. Our secret, he repeated bitterly to himself. Our secret indeed. End of chapter 2